Welcome back to the Tommy Box Podcast. This is your host, Will Pesek, coming to you live from the second floor of the Martiri Studio Building Center. Happy opening day. Yes, I know it may be a different sport, but it is opening day in the world of Major League Baseball. Liam Goddard joining us in just a few moments to discuss all things NHL. Upcoming playoff puts us a big high-key matchup tonight between the Islanders and the Winnipeg Jets with playoff-clinching scenarios on the line there for both teams. So those are big, big, crucial matchups, of course, for both of those teams. The Rangers with a lot of young guns joining up into the mix. Of course, you know, Ryan Strom at 15 goals. Brandon Lemieux chipping in with the factors here and there. And, of course, the Arizona Coyotes just fighting, scratching and clawing is their motto for every tooth and for every nail. So, without further ado, joining us now is Liam Gottimer. Liam, last time we spoke, it was opening day coming up. And if I, it is here, maybe a different sport. But Yankees and Mets both go 1-0 and to start the day. Pretty good start, if you ask me. Yeah, for sure. Definitely the ideal scenario for both teams on opening day. But, you know, we're here to talk about hockey. But as far as, you know, opening day and the rest of the MLB season, don't get me wrong. I'm certainly excited very much. Without further ado, let's get right into it. And, of course, we're going to start with the New York Rangers because another hard-fought effort in their recent games. And this has been a common trend. They may not be a playoff team, but you better watch out for them because no matter what happens in their season, they're going to fight for every single game. Exactly, and you know, regardless of the talent on the roster, David Quinn is going to have his team fight and you know try their hardest every game. And you certainly saw that in Boston last night. You know, they came down six to three last night, and obviously not the results you want, but they certainly stayed in that game. It was three to two with less than ten minutes to go in the third period. And David Pasternak afterwards, of course, we know he put up four goals and just took over at that point. But uh, the Rangers are going to keep fighting. They're not in the playoff spot, but, you know, as far as the future, they got to look towards draft picks. they got to look towards, of course, the draft in June, uh, three agents in the summer. But for the rest of the season, just keep fighting and, you know, keep uh, developing the young players. you got to like what Brendan Lemieux's been doing, like you mentioned. He's been physical. He's been able to score goals. And, of course, Henrik Lundqvist and Alexander Georgiev holding things down in net. Good things to look for for the Rangers, just not this year. Well, I wanted to discuss before you take us through this through the Eastern Conference, should Islander fans be concerned? In their last five games, they've been shut out three times, and of course, they really didn't play that poorly against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They played a great all-around game, but Strang Bobrovsky was just standing on his head. But I don't think there's a lot of concern there. They didn't play their best against Montreal and against Boston, two really good defensive teams, but look how they bounced back. Back Back-to-back wins against both the Flyers, who they kill. We know that. We saw them live do that. And against the Arizona Coyotes. So I'm really not concerned. Another tough matchup tonight against the Winnipeg Jets, but should we be concerned about three three shutouts in five games? Well, I mean, certainly the goal scoring has been an ongoing issue for the Islanders, you know, this season. As far as, you know, the last few games being shut out, I wouldn't be too concerned. Obviously, you would want the goal scoring to pick up as you go towards the playoffs. But then again, you know, it's this point, you know, after the game of Columbus, it was a tough game, but they, you know, they showed fight, although Sergei Bobrovsky was certainly, you know, uh, excellent in that one, uh, shutting out the Islanders. But they did show promise. It's consistency with me. I just want to see the Islanders... As they march towards the playoffs, you know, uh, playoff spot is not assured, but it's certainly, it's, it's probable, it's probable, it's probably going to happen for the Islanders. I would like to see consistency. Heading into the postseason, you do not want to play inconsistent, and when you go up against teams that are, you know, have playoff pedigree and 
are really experienced in the postseason, they are not going to let up on the Islanders, and they are going to have to fix their issues before the start of the playoffs. But really quickly on that, that uh, yeah. Really quickly on that is the Islanders' yeah. whole concern was locking up first place. Now their whole concern is whether or not they're going to get home ice because right now they're tied with the Pittsburgh Penguins. At the season end of today, although they're tied, although the Islanders have the same row wins, same games at hand, believe it or not, the Penguins have the higher goal differential, so therefore they would have to start in Pittsburgh, and you do not want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's all about momentum for me. And if Pittsburgh's playing in their home arena – in PBG Paints Arena, they are going to garner as much momentum and energy as they can. And if the Islanders find themselves falling behind, even 1-0 after the first game of the series, there is a ton of concern because I just don't know how well they're going to be able to rebound. Because during this last stretch, Will, and you can elaborate on this, they have not played too well at home. And certainly, I and you know, they're going to be playing at Nassau Coliseum in the first round. I don't know how that votes for them, you know? Certainly, the atmosphere is definitely... Up and you know there's a lot of excitement, but at that same point, there's a lot of pressure on the Islanders, and they've seemed to succumb to that pressure in the last few games. Yeah, certainly. But I think when I think when push comes to shove, first of all, they have to take advantage of that today, and that's against the Winnipeg Jets. So they got to start there. Other than that, what else you got for us on the NHL front? Uh, yeah, you know I think we'll just stick in the Eastern Conference, and you know this is a topic that. I think really needs to be talked about. We haven't really talked in, you know, a little while here. And let's talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. And all signs to me, at least prior to the game the other night between Boston and Tampa, was that, you know, there's, you know, although they are one of the most dominant teams ever and certainly in, you know, our era, I do not think that they have what it takes to go and win the Stanley Cup this year. You know, it, for me, it's a show me mentality. And in the past few years, Arguably, with the same core of players, they have not put together, you know, the playoff result that everybody has been expecting within the organization, certainly a Stanley Cup. I think that they're going to succumb to the Boston Bruins in the second round. I think, you know, obviously, the game the other night, Tampa, with a, I believe it was a three-goal comeback in the uh, third period to go and win the game 5-4 against the Bruins. I thought that was going to be a statement game for Boston. Certainly, it was close. Give me your thoughts on that, Will. Do you think Boston has a chance to take down Tampa, or do you think Tampa's just going to run through the Eastern Conference or at least get through to the Capitals? I, I don't see them how they survive the second round against Boston. I really don't. I mean, look, Tampa Bay is a really good hockey team. There's no question. There's a reason why they have the best record in baseball. I'm sorry, in hockey. No question. But you just look at what the Boston Bruins have. They are a, you know, they are a defense first, you know, mentality. And I think come playoff time, Tuukka Rask could be better than Andre Vasilevsky. You look at their defense. Their defense on paper might not be as better as you know a Hedman, a McDonough, a Sergachev. But guys like McAvoy, guys like Brandon Carlo, and Tory Krug that don't get talked much about. They are threats to the to opposing teams' offense, and especially at the high age of Zdeno Chara, they rely on those younger guys and on, on those bottom four pairings to do more than what they are asked of. So, I don't see how they get past Boston. 
Boston is a better team. They are just a better team than Tampa. Now, you can argue with me all you want about Tampa having the better record, having the best record in hockey. We knew that coming into the season, Tampa was going to have the best record in hockey. We knew that. I mean, you know, when you have three guys putting up 90-plus points, Brandon Point, Steven Stamkos, and Nikita Kucherov, obviously things are going right in your favor. But again, like you said about the Islanders, it's all about consistency. Tampa doesn't have that. They get to the playoffs, and they choke. Is Andre Vazilevsky going to be his regular self again? We don't know. Is their defense going to hold up? We don't know. Is the goal scoring going to be good defenses like the Bruins, like the Capitals, like the Penguins? The answer is just I don't know, and I have to see it. They're, they're probably either going to have to face Columbus or Montreal, and if it's Columbus, I'll be honest, they're going to roll right through Columbus. No offense to Columbus, they're going to steamroll right through them. But they have to show me in the second round against a more challenging opponent like the Boston Bruins than they're for real because, with all due respect, Boston, to me, is the best team in hockey. Right, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, although... I know I agree with you that Columbus is not going to give uh, Tampa Bay much of a series. I would argue that Montreal would actually give Tampa Bay a, a, a you know a run for their money. I wouldn't say that Montreal would go out and beat Tampa Bay. I mean, obviously that would be a major, major upset. But hey, with Carey Price in net and the ability and how they've been able to play at home this season, Montreal that it could go a seven game. Montreal is more of a threat to Tampa than Columbus is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree one hundred percent. And, you know, as as push comes to shove here, I think that, and you can tell me if you agree with this or not, I think that Tampa is really in the position that the Capitals were last year. You know, it's time to go in here and it's time to, you know, put your money where your mouth is and go and win the Stanley Cup. And we saw the Capitals, you know, they capitalized on their momentum. Will Tampa be able to do so? I'm sure you agree with me. I'm going to say no at this point, but... Hey, only time will tell, and, you know, it's certainly going to be an entertaining first round, nonetheless, no matter how it goes. But let's get to a big talking point. And, you know, you mentioned Columbus, and with uh, with six games remaining on the schedule, they have 88 points. They have one game in hand on Montreal, who has two points up on them. One, uh, three points up on them are Carolina, who's in the first in the Eastern Conference wild card. How do you see this shaping out? You know, obviously, it's really difficult with the talent roster that Columbus, you know, is putting out on a nightly basis that they're going to go out there and not make the playoffs. And obviously, you know this as well as I do, if they do not make the playoffs, those moves for Matthew Sheen and Ryan Dezingo are going to be absolutely, look back on as being absolutely disastrous. So this is do or die time for Columbus. So, Will, tell me how you think this shakes out. Do you think that Montreal gets us to the playoffs? Do you think that Columbus sneaks in there, or do you think that Carolina potentially will fall out? Not only if they don't make a tra- if they don't make the playoffs, is it going to woo those free agents right out the door? Panarin, Bobrovsky, Duchesne, Dezingle, McQuaid, all free agents. John Tortorella is likely going to lose his job regardless whether they get a first round exit. Or make the playoffs because how many times are we going to say with the Blue Jackets they go from the being the best team in hockey to President's Trophy to getting bumped in the first round? Year after year, we see the same story. Is this the Blue Jackets' year? Well, here they are. They're tied with Montreal. Montreal is a better team than Columbus is. And I think, listen, I think the top three stay the same 
in the Metro. Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders. How that full evens out, one through three, that'll play out. As far as the wild card go, it's Carolina and either Montreal or Columbus. And I think it's Montreal. I don't know how Columbus can make it with how you know shaky they've been. They had a Western Canada road trip and won one game out of five games. The one game coming against the Vancouver Canucks. I don't see how they make the playoffs. But Borowski has been really quite shaky. Really shaky. Duchesne hasn't done much. Dezingle hasn't done much. Panarin got his first goal in 13 games. Where has this team gone? Trade deadline. They were like, all right, this is it. Blue Jackets are back. Six games to go. We don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. We don't know what they're going to do. John Torrell can be gone, which in all likelihood he will be. Playoffs or not. First round exit, he's gone. Missed the playoffs, he's also gone. He'll find a job elsewhere because he's a good coach. But how much can you put on the players? And how much could you blame Tortorella for? Yeah, uh, you know, I think if they don't make the playoffs, I think the consistency all falls under Tortorella. I mean, there could be partial blame on, you know, maybe the lineup's not, you know, mixing up, you know, maybe uh, um, line-mate chemistry not matching up too well, and maybe that's why, you know, they aren't able to generate goals because that's been the problem. I mean, as of late, Bobrovsky's been, you know, a bit better. He went and shot up the Islanders. They haven't been able to score goals. And with Matthew Shane, you know, Ryan Zingle and Artemi Panarin, that is, you know, that is shocking. And if they cannot get that together, even if they do get into the playoffs, which I'll get into the moment, I think that they do, uh, you know, they are going to be absolutely obliterated by the Tampa Bay Lightning if that's who they end up facing. But I want to bring up an interesting topic. The Carolina Hurricanes, I don't know. You know, they haven't found themselves in this kind of position in the last few years here. And this is a stretch, although they've played very well and very consistent, you know, over the past few games. This is a stretch that, you know, this roster, this coaching staff for the Hurricanes hasn't, you know, really, you know, been used to. And I think that with such a marginal, you know, short lead, a three-point edge over, a one-point edge over Montreal, a three-point edge over Columbus, you got to ask, you know, could they fall out and could they fall inconsistency as well, and could Columbus sneak in there? Give me your thoughts on that. I don't see how they do that. I don't. Um, they're just playing with a ton of confidence right now, and at the end of the day, confidence is everything, and when you're playing with as, as much confidence as the as the Hurricanes are playing with, you're almost a lock for the playoffs. I mean, who would have thought Curtis McElhaney would have taken the Carolina Hurricanes over the Blue Jackets at, at, at the start of the season? Nobody. Um, but again, I see Carolina as a wild card team, and I see them playing the winner of the Metro. Whoever that winner may be, people may think it's going to be easy. Now, I've said it a billion times. I'd rather play Carolina than Pittsburgh. Who wouldn't? That's a no-brainer. But there's a reason why Carolina is in a spot right now. There's a reasoning behind that. The reason is they're a good team, they're well-coached, and, they, and they're just confident. They're a confident group right now. And any team, regardless, I think they're going to give whoever wins the Metro a challenge. And, and to be quite honest, if it's the Capitals, it won't be easy for the Caps. If it's the Penguins, it won't be easy for them either. The only team I can see them really struggling with is the Bruins. But again, 
They went up to face them until the Eastern Conference Finals. But again, I think Carolina is a good enough team to make it. And if they get the first wild card spot, the winner of the Metro will have a tough opponent. Because Carolina is a really good team. And they're not talked about quite that much. Fans only know them for their post-game celebrations. But I've watched them play a lot. Because Islanders play the Hurricanes a lot because they're in much wilder division. They are a very, very tough team. Their defense has gotten a lot better. You look at Pesci, you look at Slavin, you look at Folk, you look at Dougie Hamilton, who I think really helped their defense. Peter Morazic and Curtis McElhaney are putting together an excellent season. I just don't see how they don't make the playoffs. And whoever they face will give them a very, very tough time. Right, absolutely. And, you know, Carolina has a style of play where they will go out there and they will outwork you. And in the playoffs, that is an attribute that is necessary for a team. And I agree with you. I think that if they are able to get in and if they're able to stay consistent in these final six games, then, you know, they will be a very difficult opponent because they will not be outworked. And, you know, the Capitals, if they're going to win the Metro, they better be on their toes because I agree with you 100%. They're going to give them a uh, The Hurricanes will give them a run for their money if they're in that position. Uh, moving on to my last topic here on the Eastern Conference, and then we'll see what you got uh, going on in the West. Uh, actually, two more topics. I just want to touch on one quick thing that surfaced last night. I don't know if you saw it. Um, the Buffalo Sabres are, you know, we don't usually talk about them, you know, on this show ever since they had that, you know, magical run at the beginning of the season where I think they won uh, 10, 11 games in a row. Yep. But after their, I'm um, sorry? No, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, because they won 10 in a row, and, and I remember telling you that if they were allowed to make the playoffs, a couple of bad losses, it's how you react to that. And they didn't react well, obviously. Right, and, you know, after their latest loss to the worst in the team, worst in the league, the Ottawa Senators, they got shut out 4 to nothing. I don't know if you saw the post-game interview. Jack Eichel had some very choice words, and he came at his team. And, you know, it, it seemed like very subtle, you know, comments towards the organization that... You know, the product and, 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 the, uh, and the, that they're putting out there on the ice and the way that they're playing is not going to cut it. And he seems visibly, visibly frustrated. Now, I don't know off the top of my head what Jack Eichel's contract situation in Buffalo is, but it seems right now that the way things have been going, this team is way too talented to end up in the position they have at the end of each season, and it hasn't changed this year. Tell me your thoughts. What do you think about Jack Eichel's, you know, uh, him being fed up with his franchise? Hey, I mean, listen, Jack Eichel's the captain of that team. There's a reason why he has the captaincy for a reason, and his contract, they just signed him to an eight-year contract worth $80, $80 million. So that's Jack Eichel. He signed under contract until 2026. So he's here for a long time. Um, regardless of that, he's the captain of this team. That's his job to motivate the team. And the product on the ice is simply not good enough. Yeah, this is obviously a better season than it was last year. No question. The acquisition of Jeff Skinner has done marvelous things for the Buffalo Sabres. Marvelous. But when you put out on a daily basis the defense that they put out there, there's a reason why they're out of the playoffs. I'm sorry, Rasmus Dahlin and Rasmus Ristolainen, that's a great thing. But are you really going to depend on Casey Nelson, Jake McCabe, 
Brandon Montour, who, by the way, they gave him a first-round pick for Brandon Montour. Marco Scandella, Matt Hunwick. No, that's not good enough. Jason Pominville, Zemgus Gergensen, Scott Wilson, Vladimir Sabotka. No. Eichel, Merostat, good. Skinner, good. Sheary, good. Ryanhart, good. Darlene, Bogosian, Ristolainen, good. Carter Hutton, good. They need to focus on their bottom six and on their bottom two defensive pairing. Because they're getting steamrolled right now by every team. The product is not good enough. And this team is way too talented to be going through this right now. And you can blame the coach. It wasn't Dan Bilesma last year. They got rid of him. They brought in a, you know Phil Housley. He's supposedly not good enough. What else could you ask for if you're the Sabres? You've lucked out. You've you've hit the lottery. Getting Skinner. Getting Middlestat. Getting Ryan Hart. Getting Darlene. Getting Eichel. You acquired one of the biggest goalie free agents last year in Carter Hutton. What else could you ask for? I don't know what it is, but Jack Eichel is lighting a fire under this team, and they need it. They will look like the playoffs this year. Regardless, it's, it, the Sabres have gotten better from where they were. But next year, it's do or die. With the talent that they have, with the roster that they have, you expect it to get you expect it at the draft to get better, at free agency to get better. But they gotta look themselves in the mirror and and really say to themselves, who is this team? Because this team can go a lot further than than where they are right now. And you know, great points. Well, let me tell you, I find it absolutely disgusting with the talent roster that you just mentioned. All that talent that they are sitting in the exact same spot in the standings of the New York Rangers at seventy-one points. The Rangers are a team who traded away their top, you know, majority of their top six forwards at the trade deadline last year and this year and during the summer. And they are completely rebuilding the franchise, and they both sit at 71 points at, and arguably at a same goal differential. Rangers just minus 45, Buffalo with minus 44. Compared to where they were in that 11-game winning streak, that, that is very, very disappointing. And that's up there for me with uh, disappointing seasons with the Edmonton Oilers, but I'm sure we'll get to talk about that. But uh, I, I just, you know, maybe another good draft pick this year, but I agree with you. It's do or die time for the Sabres because this is this is ridiculous uh, at this point. Um, my last topic on the Eastern Conference is going to be from the Atlantic Division. We talked uh, touched on Tor- uh, Tampa and uh, Boston earlier, but let's talk about Toronto. And we've talked about it all year. The defensive issues for the Toronto Maple Leafs, they've been more consistent as of late. However, losing an overtime game to the New York Rangers on home ice is uh, something that uh, is not acceptable from a playoff-down team. And the Rangers skated circles around them. And, you know, if they just had a little more talent on the ice, they would have potted potted more uh, in net than just two goals. But nonetheless, you're going to go out there on home ice and you're going to put forth that kind of performance and lose the game to a Rangers team who's not even close to the playoffs. That is concerning for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Will, I think that they're going to get steamrolled by Boston in the first round because that certainly looks like the matchup that we're, we're looking at. I think it's over in five or six games. Let me get your thoughts on that. And, Will, also, let me get your thoughts on John Tavares' shootout attempt from the other night. That's nothing new from him. He's been doing that since he was an Islander. I mean, he was never good at shootouts. The Maple Leafs knew that coming into signing him. He's really not signed to be in the shootouts. 
He's really mostly known for his his goal scoring and his playmaking, but that was just embarrassing. But anyway, <laughs> aside from him, the Maple Leafs are are in a problem, and it doesn't look like Jake Gardner is going to be back anytime soon. And without him and, and Morgan Riley, they're obvious two best defensemen. They're in a lot of trouble because regardless of who they play, whether it's Boston who it's, who's who's going to be their candidate, if Boston could go go through Tampa Bay that easily, I can only imagine how they're going to go through Toronto, who has no defense and has shaky goaltending. Right, absolutely. And, you know, when I say steamrolled, I don't even think it's going to be close. And I think that, you know, the way that Boston's performing, and, you know, you look at Pachinok's four goals last night, if he's going to continue putting up those kind of numbers along with the kind of numbers that the entire team put up in his absence, oh boy, is that first round going to be uh, <laughs> going to be a fun time for the Bruins and not so fun for Toronto. But, well, that's all I got in the Eastern Conference. Let me get your thoughts on the West. Yeah, there's really not much to talk about other than the fact, are the Coyotes a playoff team this year? Uh, yes. Uh, at this point, they are sitting two points out after Colorado's win last night. Uh, Colorado has 83 points, Arizona with 81 and what's going on with Minnesota? Every year we talk about it. For the past two years, we've been doing the show together. We're like, Minnesota needs to strip it down, strip it down, strip it down. Well, they're finally doing that. You know, they got rid of Charlie Coyle. They got, you know, a really good prospect back in, in, in Ryan Donato. And here they are, back in a playoff spot. So what's going on there in Minnesota? Well, actually, Minnesota has fallen out of a playoff spot. They now sit at 79 points. Uh, Colorado at 83, Arizona at the aforementioned 81 points. So they're now four points out, and they now have to jump over two teams to get there. So it looks like another inconsistent, entirely disappointing season uh, for the Minnesota, unless something uh, miraculous can happen at the end of the year. So when I when we say strip it down before, I have never been more clear about that. I don't know who the GM of the Minnesota Wild is offhand, but strip it down. A lot of things going wrong right now in, say, uh, I'm sorry, San Jose. Martin Jones, not the same Martin Jones. You have to think when Eric Carlson comes back, he can help the defense out a little bit. But surely, not what the uh, not what Martin Jones and the San Jose Sharks expected after getting that big fish in Eric Carlson just a couple months ago. Right, absolutely. And you know they went on home ice and just a couple nights ago, and they lost to the Detroit Red Wings and just. Just completely got outplayed, even though it was a you know fairly close game score wise. Uh, but that again can't happen. Same thing with the Toronto uh, Maple Leafs against the Rangers. You cannot lose on home ice to non-playoff teams, and you saw it in Toronto. You see it in San Jose. I'm very very concerned for San Jose, and I really think that Mark Andre Fleury is able to come back and you know finish the season strong because Malcolm Subban, I believe, is playing in his place right now for Vegas. I think that Vegas is going to be able to. Take down for the second year in a row, the Sharks. And we say it all the time with Minnesota, is this the the wild year? We'll say it again with San Jose. Is this the Sharks' final hoorah? Well, it certainly might be. They're I aging. I mean, uh, a lot of their star players are over 30 years old. Pavelski, Burns, Joe Thornton, Martin Jones. I mean, the, the window is closing for San Jose. It is, and if they lose, you know, in, in the playoffs and don't win a Stanley Cup, I think it's close. And 
I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point that other teams are going to be able to offer Eric Carlson, you know, the contract that he wants. You know, I don't think that, I think he likes it in San Jose, but I don't think that's necessarily a foregone destination with him. I think that he's a big market guy. You know, you could see him going to the Rangers. You could see him going to a couple other big market teams that might be interested. I know he has a good relationship with Henry Conquist, but I agree with you. It's do or die time. And if they don't win in the playoffs, it could look like an entirely different roster next year. And I'm concerned, Will. I certainly am. Another team I'm concerned about in the Western Conference is the Nashville Predators. They're not the same team that we saw. And although they got Brian Boyle and Wade Simmons, there's a lot of question marks of concern over in Nashville. Yeah, you know, the, the one big area of concern for me for Nashville is the power play. And the fact that you can have that many talented guys on a power play unit and not be able to stay at least consistent, I think, you know, is, is very, very concerning because you look at guys on the power play, Roman Yossi, P.K. Subban, these are quarterbacks on the power play who's, you know, they, they put the puck in the back of the net on the man uh, on the man advantage. That's what they do. You have guys who can park themselves in front of the net, like Brian Boyle potentially on the second unit. You have Ryan Johansson who can get in front of the net as well. So they have a lot of options and it hasn't gone well for them. As far as Pecorino, he's been left out to dry, you know, a couple of times. Again, it's inconsistency. I like, I still like Nashville in the playoffs. I don't think that they'll get back to the to the Stanley Cup, but uh, it's very concerning right now in Nashville. You got to pick up the scoring. You got to pick up the consistency. Same kind of deal with the Islanders. And if they don't do that, they're going to have a real tough time in round one. All right. Well, let's close out the show. We'll do some series predictions. If if the playoffs ended today. This would be the series, and of course, let's start with the kind of obvious one. You have uh, Tampa Bay and Montreal, or or Columbus. Tampa. Um, okay, so if it's uh, if it's Columbus, you know we talked about it earlier. I'm going to have Tampa Bay winning, and if Montreal, I think that it's going to go seven games, but I'm still going to take the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, so next up, you have Washington currently, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, same kind of thing. I think it's going to be a close series. I think Carolina's going to give them a fight, but I think Washington's going to win this in six games. Pittsburgh and the Islanders. You know, another real good series. You know, it's certainly my opinion on the series might change depending on how consistent each team is leading up to the postseason. But as of right now, give me Pittsburgh and seven. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't see how the Islanders win that series. Um, it's... <laughs> Excuse me. They're going to have a really tough time. They just are. Yeah. I mean, it's never easy when it comes to when it comes to the Penguins for any team. Uh, you, you said it before. Boston, Toronto, kind of obvious there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take uh, take Boston five. In the Western Conference, you have Calgary and either Colorado or Arizona. Well, if it's, uh, I'm going to say it's going to be uh, Colorado right now. But that's subject to change. If it's Colorado, I'm going to take the Calgary Flames, but I'll take it in seven. <coughs> All right, next up you have Winnipeg and Dallas. Winnipeg and Dallas, another good series. You know, a bunch of big, you know, tough teams. I'm going to take Winnipeg. Uh, give me Winnipeg and five. San Jose, Vegas. San Jose, Vegas, what a series that's going to be. They're going to go back at it again. Give me Vegas and six. And finally, we have Nashville and St. Louis. Nashville and six. 
Nashville and St. Louis. I am going to take the upset pick right here. Give me St. Louis in seven. Wow. Uh, let's just say how bad the Western Conference division is. Nashville has clinched at 92 points. Meanwhile, the Washington Capitals, who have 98 points, the Maple Leafs who have 97, and the Islanders and Penguins, who both have 95, have not even clinched yet. <laughs> yeah. And it really goes to show you the differences in each, in each conference, you know, compared to the last couple of years. Because, you know, you look back when the Kings and the Blackhawks, who were really the dynasties of the NHL and winning, you know, those consecutive cups for the Western Conference, how dominant they were. And, you know, obviously the Kings and the Blackhawks, two of the major teams who have fallen to cap issues and are no longer in the postseason and no longer competing, you're starting to see those, you know, those other teams in the Western Conference, you know, really start to make a rise. And they're not as good. They don't really have as much experience, and they're really putting up into that position because of the aforementioned struggles of those veteran teams. All right. Well, Liam, it was a pleasure talking to you, and we'll talk to you next week. It sure was. I'm ready for playoff hockey. Yep. All right, that was Liam Godimer. He always does a fantastic job with us. So that'll wrap up this episode of the uh, Penalty Box Podcast. On behalf of Will Pesek and Liam Godimer, we say thank you for listening as always. And always remember, always go hockey. Hockey.